So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. All right, guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 82, the Martin Straka episode, um, because Chris had a Martin Straka stick when he was a kid. And so that's, right, that's, why, that's why we're going with Martin Straka. Um, <laughs> well, with me always are my two co-hosts, Thomas Williams and Chris Killingsworth, whichever wow. of you would like to go first. How's it going? Okay, Thomas, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just realized I didn't plug my mic into it, so it's using my AirPod mic. So I don't know how it's gonna sound, but uh... that's Chris is uh, Chris is talking through a, a cardboard tube right now. So you're it's right. I mean, that's right. You'll be fine. We're just ho- some hockey journalists uh, talking about the deadline. Uh, there you through go. Grainy. Uh, yeah, like th- this isn't a Zoom paper. call. This is this this is a cup phone. We're we're all connected by a cup <laughs> phone right now. That's right. One single handheld recorder in the middle of an airport that's like extremely busy. We have those like um, the the talk boys from Home Alone. I know you won't get the reference, Thomas. No. Oh, I got a good story about talk boys once the intro is done. You're going (laughs) to love it. But sorry, how are you, Thomas? I'm I'm doing great. I had a busy deadline. Actually, not so busy, but... uh, at the towards the end i guess like as i was wrapping it up um yeah so it's been all right have you guys chris um yeah okay. all good here i'm just uh getting some gas i tried to get uh 71 worth but my car won't take that much 71 uh for all-time great uh nick felino who's david clarkson don't know that guy but uh, $71, uh, it didn't work out, uh, but I did put in uh, $54.71 in our Lord and Savior's honor, so we out here. Here we go. You mean pointless playoff uh, round Nick Foligno? Uh, oh. Okay, you already know Start, I'm in a bad Starting mood. early, starting Don't early, start Thomas. Don't well, we might as well just get keep people interested and get us fighting about Nick Felino because I think it's okay. Great, but... Well, we will start with Nick Felino then. That's where I will signpost at Nick Felino right now. Wait, can we start at Yakbacks first? Yeah, sure. Well, Trust okay. me, you're gonna love it. Pa- pause, Nick Felino. I just I want to get this out of the way. Thomas, do you know what Yakback is? The what? A yak. Th- thought so. So Yakback is basically this, um, it's it was this device that you use, you could basically talk into it and record your voice, and you could like play it back. It would sound kind of funny, or you could record people talking. Uh, them. Bless you. Did you Chris, just sneeze into the microphone? Yeah. I told you, I don't, I don't have the microphone set up, so I'm literally just wearing AirPods. It's catching everything. Have some, have some respect, dude. <laughs> Chris, Chris, it sounds you're like you're the, talking into a yak back. You're also no, trying to get it out. I had no idea what you're talking about. 
Oh, it's because I was pulling out of the of the of the drive thing. Okay, so wait, let's start here. Okay, Thomas, do you know what a yak back is? No. From Home Alone. Okay, so yeah, from Home Alone. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, I've seen it, but like not actively watched. It. it was it was like that gray tape recorder he used to carry around with him, like that his hand fit into. What? No. Okay. Nope. Okay, that's okay. Basically, a yak back is this thing that you'd record your voice into and then you could play it back for later so yak back feel me pretty straightforward okay, like a walkie-talkie well no you're not talking to someone through it you're just recording your voice so you can play it back later so like a recorder basically yeah let's make <laughs> it simple so anyways cameron and i like my younger brother we had a babysitter growing up named christina who used to yell at Cameron and I for a number of different things. So we used the yak back that we found in the toy room to set her up with her yelling at Cameron. <laughs> and then we took the yak back home to show our mom how she talked to us. Wow. Wow. That was good so, though for like for kids, for kids that are like aged at being babysat. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, if you are currently uh, being babysat and listening to this podcast, um, we stand with you. Uh, there are some abusive babysitters in a number of different ways. Uh, my older sister's friends used to give me swirlies when she would babysit me as a kid. So there is some definite, like there is some trauma there that I'm working mm. through. Um, but I just wanted you guys to know that you're not alone. And if you uh, need a yak back, um, try and find one at like Goodwill or something. I think you might have a hard time finding one, TBH. My uh, my babysitter would just beat me in Donkey Kong and then laugh at me and tell me how she looked. Like. So uh... <laughs> I, I, I thought you were about to be like, oh yeah, my babysitter, my babysitter just beat me. Like I had, the, <laughs> I had the classic babysitter that would just beat me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> classic move. Classic, classic, classic Cindy, eh? Oh. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, so now that that's out of the way, this is our uh, trade deadline recap episode. Uh, Carter, do you want to get us started uh, on the first one? Do you have one that you want to start with while I order my coffee here? Well, you order the coffee. Um, do, do we want to go, like, in order or, like, or like in order of the TSN, like, recap? Or We could do uh, one of focus because we didn't record since the two big trades maybe holland Selena like the day before and then do the day of stuff okay um yeah like I'll, like if we want to start with taylor hall because I, I feel like we're a little less heated about hall like um like it, well, i don't know I, th I thought it was kind of like an underwhelming move for hall um it'll be exciting to see him go to boston and have some um some good support around him finally um and a team where he's not carrying like such a heavy heavy weight in his shoulders like i always talk about these these players that kind of need the support around them and then they get put in these markets that they're looked on as like the go-to guy um and they just kind of crumble because they that's not the role that they inherently know how to play so i think for hall this is going to be a good move for him because he's not going to be the guy that's looked on to do everything right um and so even though he he went to boston for seemingly a bucket of pucks it seems 
Like it's uh like I, I think it's a, a good play. I think it's a good move. Yeah, I think in comparison, because I feel like Felino and Hall will always be compared yeah. to each other with like how things are going in, in in the next postseason. Like yeah. I but I think it's a little bit unfair because Hall had that no move clause. So yeah, it's all and there are earlier reports of he not might not want to come to Canada, which is kind of like crazy because of how badly Ontario yeah. has kind of handled COVID recently. Yeah. So I, um, I forgot to like we had Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar head to the Bruins and then yeah. a 2021 second round pick and Anders Bjork go to the Sabres. Yeah. And like Lazar and Bjork is per, are pretty much a wash. Like I think Bjork is just longer term, like a bigger yeah. contract and just like a longer term. So someone will actually like be able to stay in Buffalo and not leave for yeah. a while. Um, but I like basically getting hauled just for a second is like, kind of insane but he also got to choose where he went yeah so like it's, I know I... it's it's all like it's it's hard to say because if the, he wanted to go to toronto then i feel like that would be the right move and even reports on deadline day yesterday of them discussing and saying toronto didn't want hall toronto didn't offer a final package for hall i think that was yeah. more so that hall let them know early on that he didn't want to go there. So yeah. that's why they didn't offer. That's why they weren't seen as interested earlier on or later in yeah. the game. Um, and it's tough because Felino was probably the next best forward that they could have got. Um, yeah. I think like, again, there was like hardly any rental forwards out there. Like, what are you going to go get? Like Matthias Yanmark for like some shit? Like, no, like it's just, it's hard because especially with Lawton and Iafalo signing deals back with their clubs, like there weren't impactful players and Leafs wanted to go all in. So they might've yeah. overpaid a little bit for, for Felino. And I yeah. kind of, I don't know. I compared to the hall. And like, I think hall just fits the Bruins perfectly. Like, it's just like someone that they needed next to Craig Smith and Kretschy. That's the line that they're going to play. And they're playing the Sabres tonight. Um, yeah, that's the line that's going to go the second line, and I think that's just perfect because Hall kind of fits their goal scoring woes. Like while their defense systematically has been great, and their defensemen have they've lost a lot of defensemen to injury, I think yeah. that they can more than improve their top six like into one of the best kind of underlying numbers top six in the league right now. Yeah, and they like they like if you look at the like the Bruins like they. They never really had too many problems. Like to your point, they just had a few spaces that they need um, a little better, like filled into, right? Um, so, like you said, I think it does help round it all out. Um, and they didn't really like shake things up on their on their D line this past deadline. Um, they they got rid of uh, Mike Riley, and that was about it to the Senators. Um, no other way yeah. around, buddy. Other. Or sorry, yes, sorry. Boston um, got right. They, and I they think got was, they got Riley. Yeah, sorry. That was another really good trade. I think like he is yeah. low. He was probably one of the best defensemen, like other than Savard, maybe. Yeah. For yeah. First, what they first paid round pick. Yeah. Yeah, like for again, like it was buying low on someone that really excelled in a certain role in Ottawa. Like if you could yeah. come out of like Ottawa looking good defensively, then holy fuck, like. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, like he's gonna be probably a bottom six guy which is probably the sweet spot for Mike Riley 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like I remember he was one of the college free agents that a few teams were seeking a few years ago. And um, it's, you know, sometimes these like highly touted prospects from NCAA, um, they only materialize into, you know, kind of like a, a bottom six, uh, you know, producer or a third line or sorry, third pairing defenseman. So, oh my God, I keep burping. I'm sorry. That's really gross. Um, but, you know, they, they find a way to make it work, right? Like not everybody's going to be fucking Tyler Bozak, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. And as far as Taylor Hall goes, you know, like, um, well, I know we're going to talk about Felino, and I agree with Thomas that like, you know, there's obvious comparisons here and like, that's going to likely be, you know, a, a conversation point for the, for the future here uh, far and away. But um, I do think that, you know, the fact that Hall kind of set the market for himself um, is really interesting because of course, you know, if, if he wasn't planning on coming to Canada, like that's fine, like, you know, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, we talked about Boston a few episodes ago where, you know, this, you know, could be one of the last kicks at the can while they still have the core that they have with Bergeron and Marshawn. Uh, and I think that uh, it could be interesting. Like they've needed wingers for a long time. They've needed a top six winger uh, that could play uh, with those guys. So uh, if it's going to happen, it's, it's good that it happened now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing them in, you know, the gold, uh, and black jersey like I saw photos from practice this morning and I'm just like man this is so strange like I would have never guessed that Tyler Sagan you know who went <laughs> second in that draft would end up where he is now and we would have you know Taylor Hall going to Boston I don't know it's just kind of like revisionist history like what would yeah. have happened if the, tr- if the picks were reversed I feel like Tyler Sagan might still be in fucking Edmonton and <laughs> you know maybe Hall wouldn't have you know, been a suitcase the last year. Where are you guys at on that? Well, yeah, I, I saw a funny tweet. It was like, if someone told me that Boston would give Tyler Sagan away for nothing, then get Taylor Hall for nothing, I wouldn't yeah, believe I them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's like, like to your point, just how like careers play out and everything like that. Like, I think, um, like if you look at how Taylor Hall plays and we were talking about it, like how he's the kind, he's the guy that kind of goes in and gets the puck and he plays that gritty game. Um, and he's the guy that kind of needs this needs the support uh, to produce like his best um, or like to have his best production. I think he was always kind of destined to like play with a team like Boston. Like he plays their game to a T. I feel like, and so yeah. it's um, it'll be interesting to to see the prophecy be fulfilled, right? But um, what's next, going- Carter? I like that you're like. You're, you're in hosting duty, so you're going to go trade by trade here. It's appreciated, buddy. I don't know. I'm just trying to just trying to stay in order because I'm like, I'm kind of lost uh, just on how many picks Toronto gave away. So I need to oh, man. like keep A myself. Lot. Yeah. Like there's no, we, uh, we just watched uh draft day with Kevin Costner and like about the 2014 draft when the Browns gave away all their picks and got them all back. And I was like waiting for something like that to happen with the Leafs. Um, but I, that's the only reason why we're kind of going in order is because I have to keep, I have to keep track of all this shit. Well, um, while you're looking for the, while you're looking for the next one, I just catching up on my phone here that the Memorial cup got canceled. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. Fuck. That's such a bummer, man. This I morning has been sense, a rough though. morning. It makes sense. It does. Just... Yeah. It makes total sense. 
it's it's hard because like I, I haven't really been paying attention because I've been too close to the NHL. But has the OHL even like attempted coming back? Not really. Not, and then not, they, like, like a lot of places they're... aren't even clear for practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know the W just started up like a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, and then the Q has been going on for a while with like pauses and stuff. But yeah, it's just it's it's unfortunate, but it's also like the just reality of things. Like you can't. Yeah. Like it's just you can't with one of their leagues like completely just pretty much going to be shut down without anything. Like you can't even do something that like the NCAA did with like the single elimination tournament. That's like yeah, just, like thrown together. Like you can't even do that. So. It's hard. Yeah, it's tough. And I know like the uh, OJHL got canceled this morning for the season, which, you know, I think was kind of inevitable. I think at this point, like I'd be shocked if we didn't hear from the OHL, you know, in the next week or so um, what the rest of their season looks like. Like, I just don't think it can happen at this stage. Like the cases are so bad in Ontario again. And it's just, you know, it's it's just it's a lot right now. So we'll have to. Mm-hmm you know, see what the next, you know, little bit looks like, but yeah. who do you got next for us, Carter? Um, well, do you, do you guys just want to keep kind of going up from Hall or do you want me, like the, we could, like, we could touch on Felino. Yeah. Well, Felino we'll happened, more like, detailed. Oh, yeah. Like um, the only other, like mildly interesting, just because it was like, it happened so fast was just like lash off and Savard and the, the triangle between Tampa Detroit and Columbus, but yeah, um, it's not it. Yeah, I feel like Columbus. I guess we could touch on Columbus just as a whole, but like, I think them getting two firsts for two expiring contracts that, yeah, like, and Felino might go back to Columbus. Like, you don't know. Like, he's his family's staying in Ohio. Like, um, mm-hmm. so it's just a thing of like, he might just prefer to go back with the Blue Jackets with the space that they have and how yeah. return as captain like i don't know um but to get two first and like a fourth third here like it's just like incredible draft haul for a prospect pool that is pretty much dried up beyond like Lee yeah. Moody. like it's just it's, it's even if it's a weak draft like they still took advantage of teams that viewed it as like a pick that they don't really care for like yeah no i thought it like was I, smart yeah, like I was going to mention when you mentioned like the Leafs giving away so many picks this year. There was a uh, in Dubis's post deadline kind of availability. You said like the progression from their 2020 class. So like Ronnie Herovin, um, Niamala, like all those, I'm pronouncing them terribly, but like all those dudes that they got later in like second or third round, those progressions have made them more comfortable with giving away all those picks, which makes yeah. sense. Like just taking like, what they have three picks next like in the 2021 draft like yeah the hell you might as well go for it but um someone like columbus that just needs bodies and just like taking those gambles if yeah. you could get like that third or fourth that like uh tampa or toronto gave up they might turn into a player because there's just such a weird draft so you might as well get as many cracks of the can as you can if you're trying to rebuild on the fly with this young core that columbus has kind of signed up long-term like with Domi mm-hmm. and um Bjork Strand and all those guys um yeah but yeah it's just I think it was just a stellar kind of deadline for Columbus getting rid of those players that didn't really have a like major effect on their current season and then like took advantage of a couple of teams that really want to go for it 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was smart. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. Well, on Columbus, I, I feel like we all just want to get to Felino. So yeah, um, well, let's get there. Yeah, let's let's get, let's get to Felino. Chris, uh, thank you. Um, I'm psyched. I think you know when I look at what the Leafs did. You know, we got Riley Nash, we got Nick Felino, we got Big CD, we got uh, <laughs> Stefan. Uh, I've heard, I've always said Nosen, but I guess it's Nason. We got Ben Hutton singing Barbie Girl. We got uh, Auntie Swamello, or Swamella rather, uh, who scored that super fucking weird goal last year, like from that impossible angle. Um, it's exciting, man. Like, this is. This is the most excited I've been about a trade deadline in a long time. And um, Thomas, I know you and I are already going to disagree on it, and that's fine. But I just feel like, you know, when, when we look at Nick Felino and, like, what he brings, and I, I can't even repeat some of the shit that I was yelling at my TV when Felino was going after the boys last season and, like, that kind of – that play-in playoff situation um, when he was, like, getting under Riley's skin and all of that stuff. And, you know, you always hear this expression like, oh, you know, hate to play against him, but I'd love if he was on my team. And like that is Nick Foligno for me. Um, he's he's a guy that can play all three positions. He's going to play all up and down the lineup. Good utility guy. Great penalty killer. A guy that, you know, isn't really, at least at this stage in his career, well known for his offensive prowess. But I also don't think that that's why they were bringing him in. I think his two way game and specifically his defensive game is the main yeah. reason for that. Uh, and I'm just excited. It, it feels very purposeful and intentional that they chose yeah. to get a guy like this. They have a fourth line center in Riley Nash when he's back, who's a, a right-handed center, which um, the Leafs haven't had many of over the last several years. So I think that that's really exciting. Um, I'm going to talk about David Riddich in this as well, only because I think that it's relative in the sense that, yes, I know a third is a lot to give up for a guy that might not get any starts, but I think he's starting tonight. I'm not positive on that, but it looked yeah, like he yeah. was from what I was reading, which is kind of exciting, which means that, you know, Hutchinson is, you know, a little bit further down on the depth chart, which I think is probably the right move. Get him some starts on the Marlies, uh, you know, is, is probably not a bad idea. I think he probably goes through waivers, no problem. And mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's exciting. It feels like this is like the team that they should have been last year. Like they've got that kind of physicality. They've got, you know, that grit and all the things that people don't seem to understand actually matters in these seven game series because we yeah. didn't see it last year. But to get, you know, a, a guy like Felino, like I just, I'm psyched. And I know that the cost was a lot. But at the same time, the Leafs have drafted so many players over the last couple of seasons that, you know, this is what happens to good teams, right? We yeah. still were able to do all of that without losing any of our prospects. And I had a couple of people say to me the other day, like, you were ready to give up on Nick Robertson. And that's not what I said. I said that if it meant that we were getting the right type of player back, that's what happens to good teams, right? And I think we are now in a place where, once the Leafs are actually doing stuff and they actually win around, a lot of that confidence is just going to continue to build. And I think that's yeah. largely because of, you know, the, the moves that they've made over the last week. What do you oh, think, absolutely. Carter? Well, absolutely. Like, I, I feel like you and I are, um, 
are on the same yeah. page and then we'll let Thomas wrap it up with, <laughs> with shutting us down. But I mean, um, like, I, I think, I think it like to your point, it is very purposeful. And like, I was like, I was talking to my dad, and my brother about it. And I was talking to you guys about it. Like as a Habs fan and as like a direct contender, it's like a scary, <clears throat> a scary thing to see him go to Toronto because there was like big intention in this pickup for like the immediate run right like it's um like and he has that poise and like veteranship that like some of the current roster might be lacking a little that they're definitely going to need especially if they like start to win some rounds right like even just watching the games these these past few days um like the like the Leafs are going to get themselves into a lot of trouble with all of this after the whistle stuff and letting like letting other players get under their skin and everything like that. Like Flino will just like bring kind of that veteran um, like presence and ownership to, to the ice that I think they, they're going to need if they get themselves into these long run kind of sticky situations. Right. So I think like a first and a fourth, um, like it, it's a, it is a gamble, but um, like to Chris's point, they've, they've been over over drafting and over prospecting. So it's, it's not like the worst move in the world, especially for the immediacy that they need him for. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it's a, like a great pickup for the Leafs and I hate to see it as a Habs fan because we're going to have to play against his grit. And he's the type of guy that um, like, even though he does get himself into some penalty trouble for the amount of impact that he has um, like, like on and off the puck, like he, he doesn't get the amount of penalties that he um that it seems like he should get. So I, I feel like the Leafs are going to benefit from him and his ability to draw penalties and instigate without taking penalties. Um, yeah, that's a good so, point. I hadn't even thought of that. That's true. And so he's, yeah, he's just going to bring that like veteran presence um, and like that, that grit that wasn't necessarily missing with the Leafs, but I feel like they can learn a lot from him um, and just how he carries himself in the sticky situations. Cause he, like to your point, like, and oh, I'd love to see him in my shirt. Like he does it so well. Um, and then like, just quickly on Riddich, like, it, like you guys kind of know my stance on him already. Like, um, like I, I said in our chat, like, Oh, Campbell is going to crumble. And I wasn't saying that he's already crumbled, but he's the goalie that um, like, he's not going to be the one that you're going to be able to lean on completely. Um, if you get yourselves into these like long runs again um, and Hutchinson isn't as well. So they're going to need somebody who's at least mildly or relatively proven to help with the load management um, with the goaltending, because you see when Anderson's in the net, the Leafs play with um, like a lot more confidence than they do with um, not so much lately. They've been pretty confident with Campbell in the last like five games um, yeah. other than last night, kind of, but they're, yeah, they're, they're still supported. Like you can, I, I can't remember if it was Hyman that kind of gave him the pat on the back. Like, sorry, you didn't get your run or your win streak a little longer, but it was nice to see that they were supporting Campbell. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I, I just think if they're going for it, like it looks like they're going for it on paper right now, um, they're going to need some sort of load management um, in the goaltending department because leaning on Hutch and Campbell um, exclusively, um, if Anderson can't, can't be there um it's it's going to be bad news bears for the leafs so i think riddich is a smart move like yeah I, a third round pick to your point is a lot 
um, for Riddich, um, but they're starting him early. They want like, and I think the start is very intentional. Like they, they want to get him in, they want to get him used to um, use the white and blue and used to how they play. Um, because if they're going to go for it, they're going to need to lean on him. And like, I don't think he's just a, like a passing asset. Like I think like he, he's most definitely going to see some ice time and helping out um, their goaltending core. Sorry for the rant guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think the British move was more so like a regular season move. Obviously, like I think it's well, yeah, in, it's lo- it's, lo- it's all load management, right? Yeah, like it's, it's it's just in case of Anderson. So say in the hypothetical situation that Anderson can't even make the playoffs, um, yeah. then getting Campbell some rest and still hopefully because now the Jets are kind of eyeing that top spot, honestly. Um, yeah. So getting the rest and the kind of avoiding the potential of slipping down to the second spot. If you start Hutch, I think it might see like, I, I always approach approach every trade with like in a vacuum, like purely value for value. Or if like in context with where the team is at, like I tweeted about this the other day, I think yesterday, obviously. Um, but like, I hated the Felino trade immediately when I saw it, if, like for the Leafs like it was just like seemed like a lot especially with Hall still out there at the time and no reports of like Hall really hate like just wanting to go to Boston or whatever um coming out but I think it's just like given the context of where the Leafs are at their failures in the postseason recently just like everything and like maybe they could take advantage of this pandemic season and like basically being gifted and we've talked about it before but like being gifted in Eastern Conference final spot because as long as I think Montreal will give them a run for money but like Edmonton mm-hmm. and Winnipeg like unless Hollybuck goes on this crazy streak that they got like like Corpus Allo did last year for Columbus against the Leafs like I don't see them giving like the Leafs much trouble um, it's just like I just want to like it's hard because you hate seeing like just value for value, but then also it's like just the context of everything. Like it's just them going for it, them trying for it, low prices as a buyer because there's no more buyers. Like I think Felina would have got a first round pick no matter what, if it was another season. Like if it was a regular season, I think any buyer team would have given a first for Felino. Um, yeah. But because they were just the highest bidder in this season that, they didn't really care for draft picks, just like take advantage of it. Then I kind of like the move. Cause it's just like, even if it just buys them one playoff round or like them getting absolutely killed by Tampa or Carolina or Boston in the like semifinals, then yeah. whatever. It's like they traded a bunch of draft picks, no one off the roster, no prospects for a memorable run that can yeah. definitely buy a lot of confidence in the fan base and buy a lot of confidence from kind of ownership and um, above management. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not the worst trade of ever, but like given who is available and given everything else, I think is just, it's kind of smart to just buy all in and just try. And like, if it all yeah. fails, then well, whatever, it's just funny. You also have to think though, that like they, they did something like kind of, kind of amazing. Like they didn't, they didn't disrupt, the current ecosystem like it's all they did was uh, add to it barabanov would like to have a word with you sir <laughs> okay yeah, he's like but, the worst fucking player i've ever seen but like they they didn't true, they did 
didn't they didn't break what was working like it's they um like just on the fan base and on the like the trust in the system and everything like that like they didn't they didn't lose any assets like that like all they did was add they they kind of put more air in the tire you know well yeah we'll see it's, it's we'll see where it goes like honestly like it's just We'll see where it goes from here. But last night was like a very big indicator that they needed something of a little bit of yeah. improvement. Cause like after watching last night, I think like Montreal is definitely going to like be a thorn in their side in that first round. If it's one and four, like I think mm-hmm. Montreal is a great team, even though they've shown kind of lapses. Um, yeah. Their system, even past Julian and everything has been really good. Um, Nick Suzuki like was able to get that hype earlier this season, but then he's kind of fallen off. But then like last night's goal was incredible. Like it was insane. Um, yeah. So like I I don't know Montreal like I think oh, fuck I forget the numbers, but it was like we're out shooting them like insane. Like I think one point it was like sixteen to eight or sixteen to six. Like it's just there's like endless rel- relentless pressure that like can absolutely kill you in the playoffs because. Everyone yeah. is so targeted. Every line matters. Like you're paying attention to fourth line shifts more than any other time. So like, yeah, well, that was the the other night against the Leafs when they started caught Kinyami's line, like, and they popped a goal like mm-hmm. 18 seconds in, like that against Edmonton. Like that, that's the type of system that Montreal's doing. Like they just take whoever's buzzing and they send them out, and that's the that's what the Leafs are doing as well. Like when you're seeing like when you're seeing four like and it's so like it's so not like old school hockey like running four lines and having those four lines be as like like as intense as one another like it's it's crazy to watch and like you said that pressure is going to be wild come the playoffs right mm-hmm. anyway yep. i think i think we've talked enough about canadian teams okay well do you guys want to <laughs> talk <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to talk not, about Jeff Carter at all? Oh fuck that guy, honestly. So no, no Jeff Carter. Just, well, it's I don't such know. Such a bad trade. Pittsburgh is so fucking dumb. Honestly. Dude, you know that just know, for conditional for conditional picks? I don't think it's a bad pick. I don't think it's a terrible trade. It's, I mean gets him out of LA. hundred percent. And he's just gonna yeah. if he plays as a winger or he, they want to be a cup a cup contender now. Yeah, you went to be a cup contender to Cooper. Cooper just said it was one of the biggest moves. He, yeah, he said he's willing to resign and not be a rental. Yeah, and he's he's Ooh. gonna re- resign and not be a rental. There you Cooper go. Saying. He has another year of his contract. Or play the rest of his contract. Like play the rest of his contract. Yeah. So an interesting little tidbit that I saw yesterday was that Carter, yeah. if he's bought out next season, it's actually a they it's a cap benefit because of how his contract Especially is. Especially if they is, get Malkin back, but he's yeah. supposed to be injured all year. Well, Sorry, especially if they get knocked back. Guess, Coop yeah. said, "Yeah, are we going to play Coop surprise? Coop's guest appearance. Yeah, well, I we'll, ha- like, we'll so, have him on soon. He'd love to yeah. talk about this stuff. So the so if they if the Penguins buy out next season, like buy out his contract this summer, it's actually a benefit because of how it's structured, how his contract structured, with all the bonuses mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so." I don't know. It's just like a weird trade to make, especially like given like Carter is so bad. Like, so I've being like watching the wild and watching the Kings being in the division, like Carter looks like he is moving in like two feet of wet cement every time he's out on the ice. Like, especially with a team like Pittsburgh who like 
is Kapanen going to be on his wing? Because that's basically like matching a snail up with like uh, the hair. Like fuck, like that's also just, he's I, also playing in LA at LA speed though. Like we haven't seen but, LA produce anything really. Well, Adrian Adrian Kempe and like Iafalo and all those guys are still pretty like speedy. Like I think and like other guys like Velarde and everything, they've kind of rejuvenated some of their youth. Like he hasn't been playing a bunch with those like Dustin Brown or whatever, like those slower guys. But I don't know. I just don't think like if you're looking out for a center, like if you're Pittsburgh, like why didn't they go get Riley Nash or whatever? Like I think, or like anyone that can contribute for like less of a hype and less of a dollar value that like impacts your cap, no matter what. Like, I think like, I don't, I'm trying to think of the centers that were moved, but like, I feel like you make a bunch of those moves if you're Pittsburgh beforehand, like if even, I don't know, like get a Sam Bennett or whatever. Like, I don't know. Sam Bennett's not that good, but like Carl Soderberg, like, I don't know, like Yanmark, yeah. those guys that I know it's like, it was just for a conditional pick, but like if you're the Penguins and if you're trying to go for it, like you are with like in the Crosby and Malkin years, then I feel like there are better additions that you could do for just like a slight higher price. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I don't I, know, yeah. man. I, I think it was like, like it didn't seem like it was that, like that, I guess monumental. But I don't know. I, th- I think it could be a good thing. You also have to think he's like a, he's an enormous like right hand shot, right? Like that's never a bad thing. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But, uh... Hey, uh, in terms of other ones that we've got here, can we talk about? Uh... Actually, no, we already talked about that one. Yeah, there are a bunch of little moves. What did you guys think of that well, David Savard trade? I don't know. Was, Savard was okay. Savard's like good little, defensively, and kind of that's just what Tampa needed. It's kind of the similar with the Leafs that it just it just fit a hole. Like, um, yeah, I think that Tampa's just going to try to go for it again, and it was a high price. But they also have historically paid really high prices for depth players that can just contribute later on when they want to compete, but um i don't know it's not the worst move in the world but it's also like kind of situational yeah that's yeah. fair sam bennett getting traded was pretty crazy that, yeah. that's funny like it's just i saw like like all these flames people that i follow like just like absolutely hate like when he's on the ice like off the ice is kind of like funny and cool and whatever like he's been there for a while but like yeah it's just like when he plays, like literally just get him out of there. And I think Florida paying a second and a prospect that they just drafted in the second round last season, like it's just, it's a high price. Yeah, it's a high price, but I wonder if Florida kind of feels the same way that Toronto does, right? Yeah. I also think it's weird because they've got Mason Marchment playing a bit higher up in the lineup and they've got like a very similar game, even though Sam Bennett was like, I think Sam Bennett's got better hands and, you know, definitely better speed, but Sam Bennett is such an interesting player because he, he like, you know, when he played for Kingston, he was more of like a, a play driving kind of centerman. Like he, you know, good, good speed, good, you know, good hands could move the puck up the ice, good in the neutral zone. Like could always make a good first pass, you know, those types of things. But then, yeah. like, it's just progressively gotten 
just not not that and it's weird because i feel like you know a lot of kudos goes to players who like change their game because their team needs them to be a different type of player right like they've got to pivot there's too many playmakers okay well maybe you're 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 going to become a shooter there's too many shooters okay maybe we need you to play a bit more of a two-way game and it was weird because it always felt like strange to me that he like became this like kind of fighter for a little bit and was like excuse me playing with physicality and a lot of different things which are great pieces of someone's game but it can't be the whole thing right and then yeah, I well, felt it, like it's, he was it's almost, not a physical game anymore like it's well he was almost like typecasted as this like bottom six guy but he has the talent to not play kind of within that role right so i don't know part of me wonders if maybe they they give him a shot in the top six in florida uh who's also been a very good team this year i mean look what it's done to carter verhege you know um he's kind of the guy that that i think of immediately but yeah i don't know like i kind of like the trade for florida because although you're giving away a former second round pick and then a a, a upcoming second round pick I, i wonder if if maybe he can figure it out uh, playing in a different system and I mean like Calgary's yeah. been terrible the last well, that's what years. I mean it, it's a good time to get out of Calgary and go to Florida <laughs> well just like no consistent coaching like the messaging's always changing the fundamentals of how they're playing night in and night out are changing like no. it's just it hasn't been an easy place to play so I wonder if maybe there's you know the opportunity to do, you know do a little bit more uh down in in sunny Florida yeah yeah, it'd be interesting if you could have a similar, like, kind of bounce back, like, for for Hagee. Um, yeah. Yeah. On, on, on the Calgary thing, a former Calgary Flame, um, Gustafson went to, uh, went to the Habs to, to fill Mete's, <laughs> Mete's hole. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric Gustafson <laughs> has been so fucking bad in Philly. Dude, like, I picked I him up on my fantasy team and I dropped him after that. Mete is also, that's, that's why I'm laughing. No, Mete is Mete's miles also better. been brutal. You're going to be surprised of how fucking terrible Gus has been. Well, they, but, but that's what I mean. They dished Mete, who was underproducing for like half the season to Ottawa. And then they just, they filled the role with another underproducing defenseman. That's why I was, what I was trying to get at. Well, yeah, it's like, it's so weird because you could also like, you could keep Mete around. Like, he's fucking 22. And yeah. it's not like he's expensive. It's not like he's a UFA you have to get rid of, like, to make value of. Or, like, and it was a waiver dump. Like, it was completely just, like, yeah, just getting rid of this dude for no reason. And, like, I know that yeah, there's trade rumors. To see him go, but. Yeah, there are trade rumors around, like, all of last season and everything. But it's just, like, it's just unfortunate. And I'm glad that, like, Ottawa picked him up almost immediately, which is hilarious because yeah. that means Buffalo didn't claim him um yeah buffalo like a team that has zero good defensemen um but yeah it's just like it'll be it'll be fun i think i think auto is the perfect place for him just to see what he can do with all this ice so i was glad he went there yeah um what do you guys want to talk about now do we the manta trade i've been dying for the manta trade yeah we got to talk about the manta trade we'll finish it up with a couple players hitting a thousand games played in the NHL and then we'll wrap because I got like 15 T- more minutes. Tio has a question too. Oh, T- okay. Oh, so so we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk, we'll talk Mantha. Um, 
I thought it was funny. Sorry that uh, Ben moved a couple couple miles down the road to the Jets um, for a six round pick, but yeah, um, right I above think, that. Yeah, I think Winnipeg should have gotten paid that price for Savard over Tampa, but yeah, that's it. That's how we should talk about the Jets. Okay. Man, yeah, the Jets. <laughs> so weird. They just, just fucked up. Not trying yeah, to go for it at all. Like they're yeah. Yeah. Okay, Thomas, take it away with Mantha. Let's talk about this huge okay. trade here. So I think this is a brilliant piece of kind of management that I feel like more GM should be doing. And maybe it's a sign that of more things to come. Like I don't think like 20 to 25 of GMs in the league would have the balls to do what Yazerman did yesterday. And Mantha being 26, kind of in his prime, has three more years on his contract, like three more seasons after this at a decent cap of, I think, 5.3. Like 5.7. He re-signed for four years in November. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But like, so it's a good, it's like he's worth that much. Um, And it's just like, clearly seeing his age and production and just being like, well, now's the time to deal with him because he doesn't fit the timeline and you might as well get assets back that can fit your core of like Mo Sider, Alexander, like uh, fucking um, not fold. Lucas Raymond and like <laughs> Lark, Larkin is still only 22 or 24 rather. Um, like it's kind of crazy that they're just building this core that's like shifted from their goal like I think Mantha's great and I love the player but it's just like you're not gonna see a lot of teams do that like it would be like the Leafs moving on from Kadri like a year into his deal that Nona signed him to or or Lou or whatever like it'd be or Riley or whatever when like they wanted to more build around Matthews and Marner and Nylander that'd be like this guy's older so we'll move on for him for more picks so then we could have like reset and have more value. And then Verana is two years younger than Mantha. So you might as well, like, and he's a pending RFA. So that kind of fits financial too. But it's just like, I think it just fits perfectly for both teams too. Like, I think Mantha is going to produce a lot more than he did in Detroit than in, uh, compared to Washington. And Verana is a great pickup. He's produced more than Mantha recently, but that might also be just a victim of being on in those Capitals lineups. And then you get Panic, which is a bad contract. But then you get a first and a second of next year. So it's like, it's, I think it's just like a, just a large long-term kind of future seeing move for Yazeman. And I think it's yeah. something that we should maybe see more of, of teams moving on earlier. Well, the picks yeah. are huge. And like Verena, I like can only, can only help the Red Wings, I think. Like, that's like, I, I, I think, think it was great for Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think Iserman's just got like such courage to just do what he's done, right? Like, I mean, I remember when Druin got traded and there was like, oh my God, you're giving up on Jonathan Druin and uh, Carter, don't listen to this. He's <laughs> been so unbelievably unimpressive with the Habs. He's got what, like three points or something this season? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, it's he's terrible. Been, he's had a tough go. So he's he has the track record for making difficult decisions, which is what I think is so impressive about it. I also yeah. think it's just it's it's such a sentiment to like what 
you know, someone was saying it the other day, I thought it was really interesting is it's like, if you look at the value of a player, there is like value perceived value from both the team inquiring and the team that owns that person. And then, and then there's also the thought that it's like the true value is whatever somebody is willing to pay for that asset. So no yeah. matter what you think or what Carter thinks or what Thomas thinks and, mm-hmm. and, and T.O., even what you think, there's also <laughs> this understanding that it's like, if someone's willing to pay X for Y, then I guess that's what the market is. And I guess that's the, the assets that are going the other way. So when I first saw the trade, I was like, man, I think Mantha is a great player. I watched him play in Valdor. He's, he's a great player that at times has felt miscast uh, on a team, you know, like the Red Wings who have been struggling over the last couple of years. But for me, I think it's, a, it's really a win for both teams because I think about Mantha unloading that absolute clap bomb uh, and you've got fucking Ovi on one side and you got Mantha on the other side and he's going to, he's going to be playing in the top six there. Right. It's, yeah. it's going to be really so, interesting to see what happens there. Right. He's making well, and, his debut and, with the, against the Flyers tonight and he's on a line with Backstrom and Oshi. Like oh, he's going to score a fucking great. billion goals. Yeah. yeah it's going to be incredible. And he, he's at a, a half, I think he's got 21 points in 42 games or something so far. So, you know, he's a half a point player on a terrible team, you know, and then of course you look the other way, Jakob Rand is a great player and mm. he fits the timeline. I think he's a year younger uh, than, uh, than Mantha is. So he's going to fit the timeline for when the Red Wings are going to be good in a few years, which I think is awesome. And, you know, Iserman's going to continue drafting out of uh, the SHL and the Elsvenskan, and he's going to continue to get these Swedish players that no one's heard of. And it's going to, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, the, the, the league is better when Detroit is a good team. I know I say that about yeah. the Habs all the time. I feel that way about Detroit as well. Uh, so I think it's really positive for both teams. And I know that, you know, when you look at, you know, everything going on and, you know, there wasn't a lot of excitement yesterday. I felt like most of the big trades were already done before the day even started. This was one that I know they talked about Mantha moving, but it was mm-hmm. like a sneaky good trade for everybody involved. Mantha fits Washington's window right now. Uh, and Verana and those picks are, are going to be, you know, essential in Detroit continuing their, their rebuild. And yeah. maybe well, even they I, can... sorry. Go ahead, Carter. I've talked to you. Oh, no, I, I was just saying like just on the Juan thing and on like even on Verena like I think Eisenman has like a good eye for um, like seeing players that produce like away from the puck like if you look at if you've watched Verena's play and even Juan's play like even though they haven't like logged the most points like they're always in the middle of everything right and like if you like see some like a goal or like a penalty drawn or like some sort of shakeup, like you have those guys that always seem to be like the, they're kind of the glue between it all. Right. And I think Iserman has a great eye for that. So like Iserman passing on Mantha and picking up some picks and Brandon, I think it's like, I think you see something in him and in like the, like what he can like kind of draw from moving forward. Right. Definitely. Boys uh, in the interest of time here, because uh, I got to bounce in a couple minutes here. So, Thomas, sorry for interrupting. Say, say what you got to say, and, like, let's get to that uh, question here. That's yeah, I'm, just pulling, I'm, I'm pulling it up now. But I was going to say, like, maybe even they can – because Panic's still under, under contract, so maybe even later 
they can put him in a top six role in Detroit and then ship him off for another pick or whatever down the line. Like, like I think there's real possibility with this trade and I think it's going to work out for both. Cause I think Washington will take advantage of kind of a weak division. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just kind of that perfect trade that you kind of want to see a, comp- a competitive team make and they're keeping him around for a while. So I think it's going to open their window a little bit longer. Thomas, yeah. well, you're pulling Tio's question. I just wanted to quickly congratulate both. Are you ready for it? Jared Stahl, just joking. Jordan Stahl hitting a thousand games. Very exciting for him. Congrats to him and his family. And tonight we have Milan Lucic celebrating his a thousandth game in the NHL. Uh, that's crazy to me. Like, I know. Lucic has been a bit of a polarizing player the last few years, uh, but he's going to always be one of my favorite players. I love how he plays. I love the physicality, the fighting, all of that stuff. Um, I've got all the time in the world for it. So just wanted to, to, to say congrats to those two guys who are definitely he's one, he's listening. One of our longstanding gladiators who doesn't wear a visor. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So anyways, I just had to get that uh, out of the way here. Thomas, it's all you yeah. buddy. Okay, so this is from Tio. Um, if you had one day to learn, which of these two activities would you be more successful at? Jumping over an eight-foot wide hole on horseback or tattooing a, a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon across one of your co-hosts' backs? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, you take it first, Thomas. Uh, so I, immediately thinking, I think what is the most, the least learning curve. And since I've never ridden a horse, I want to say the second one, the tattoo, just because I, I would still have to learn how to fucking ride a horse and then, <laughs> then how to jump it. But I think also, like, luckily, Tio doesn't mention that he ha- it has to be a good tattoo. That's right. That's and the loophole. If, if, and if I choose Carter's, then it's like pretty hidden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I could, I'm going to go with the tattoo and like try to do it from memory and I'll just end up looking like stick figures and uh, shit, but yeah. And if, if, uh, if your Sunday morning comic strip is as eclectic as your movie database, then it'll be a, a pretty crazy tattoo. I, I had one book. I had, I had one of those like, those like collection books or whatever. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah. I like it. I, uh, for me, I would say the tattooing one as well, only because, yes, there was no specification of whether it needed to be a good or a bad tattoo, for sure. But then the other thing you have to factor in is tattooers just use like a stencil when they tattoo. So like, it's not even a hard job for one. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but, for t- <laughs> but for two, um, yeah, like I get hurt so often just on my own two feet, let alone riding an animal with four. Uh, and I'm getting like, you know, you guys know, I've been watching Yellowstone and like, although I'm think I could be good on a horse. I also feel like I've, I'm going to get like bucked off the horse and then have like a traumatic injury. So <laughs> have, have a uh, I'm going to go with, Oh yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, dude. Jesus. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> Thomas would it, or not Thomas Carter. What's, well, what's your uh, answer to that? Uh, I can't draw to save my life. Um, 
So, and, well, thinking about how big horses are, like they're enormous. I feel like they can just kind of like roll over an eight foot hole, no problem. That's true. And yeah, so, that's a good call. And so, having faith in a good horse, because this horse could be trained if, like, with whatever on its back. Oh, I see a hole. I have to jump over it. Yeah. So if we're using the logic of it has to be a shitty tattoo, then it could also be a fucking prize horse. And so okay. not wanting to ruin one of my co-hosts poor backs, I'm going to go with taking my chances on the prize horse. Well, also it could be okay, like, boys. just try to do I'm the so- biggest horse <laughs> impo- possible. Yeah. An eight, an eight foot wide and then horse. It just like steps over. Yeah. <laughs> okay listen as much as i want to continue this uh riveting dialogue i do have to go back to work but i love you guys thanks for listening everybody uh i love you too me, buddy follow me on the internet at killer puck and uh subscribe to the podcast i'm in advance you guys do like a proper wrap-up and i'll That's text you guys enough. in a bit oh, i don't remember the wrap-up what uh rate I'll, review, I'll do my best <laughs> rate review subscribe like uh, follow along. Follow the podcast at Takeoff Hosers. You can follow me at Nose Attained. Carter. At Carter Lupel. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. So. Nailed it. Guys. Okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks. Talk to you later. Later, guys. Yeah.